Go wild with Nation Gear's end of regular season merch madness sale. Nation Gear is offering our favorite fans 20% off all regular season merch. And we're going to give you free shipping on any orders over $200. Stock up your closet for the playoffs. Rep your team and grab that merch you've been eyeing up all season long. Don't wait. This sale only lasts from April 1st until April 7th. Shop the sale at nationgear.ca. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Puck Poolies Podcast with Matt Larkin and Stephen Ellis. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new edition of Puck Poolies. It's Matt Larkin, as always, with Stephen Ellis, getting deeper into the grind of our fantasy hockey seasons. But maybe it's not a grind. Maybe you're loving it. But how is your team doing at the moment? Well, I'm still first place in the in the six-team league. I had to really fight to the death, essentially, in the final minutes. Uh, I think it was the final game. I had a bunch of Anaheim Ducks players, and that really pushed me forward uh, to win that. So I'm still first place, but I am playing the second-place team. Uh, uh, my friend David, who is currently uh, like 200 or 300 points ahead of everybody else. Uh, so if he beats me, and he is projected to beat me, uh, as long as I don't have Jack Hughes and Adam Fox in the lineup, he will take over first place by a long shot. So... Uh, this is going to be a very nervous week, but uh, I I got to give him a shout out. He was dead last a few weeks ago. Nothing was working. He started like oh two whatever, and he's figured it out. So I'm nervous. In my other team, my other twelve team league, I, I did lose that one. It was a rough week again. No Jack Hughes in a deeper league definitely hurt a lot. Um, but I'm still in a good spot. I think I'm still fifth out of twelve. So doing okay right now. I think top eight make playoffs. Obviously, way too early to be thinking about that, but I already am. I'm thinking long term here. So what about you? Well, my it's just the, the weird season continues. So I'm still in third place by accident. Um, <laughs> but this past week was an important litmus test because there are a few teams that are sort of super teams right now, the teams that rebuilt. And they knew that in our, because our league has contract structure, so they knew that several superstars were going to be up and, and available to draft this year, like Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. Matthews. So they just sold everything last year. And now you have these teams that are just super powered. And this past week was my first time going up against one of those teams. So I thought, okay, if I beat one of these teams, then I'm going to have to start taking things seriously and trying to contend. But I didn't. I lost. Not badly, but I still lost. It was a good reminder. Okay, I'm still just kind of hovering. And I don't think that my team's going to be able to hang with the big boys, but we'll see. I'm not ready to like trade a first-round pick. So again, still... I think I'm like 11 games over 500 or something. I'm still accidentally leading my division, but I'm not that 
optimistic it's going to continue. We we will see. Uh, but let's let's get started with the pickups this week, Stephen. All right, Shadow League pickup of the week, and this guy might as well like just be the name of the podcast, given <laughs> how many times we've talked about him, specifically you, and that is uh, Kochekov out of Carolina. I think that Nick Alberga is also as as into Piotr Kochekov as I am. I think maybe even more. We could almost like fight for him, uh, but he's available seventy percent of leagues right now, and of course. You know, the reason that the Canes had this three-goalie rotation in the first place and they signed Kachekov to a, a long-term deal last year is because they understand that Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta have a history of health problems. Of course, nobody could have anticipated this type of health problem for Anderson, the blood clot. But from a fantasy perspective, obviously, we hope he's that Freddie's going to be okay. But for from a fantasy perspective, it means we're going to be without him probably for a significant period of time. And that means that Kachekov really has his chance to take over uh, Anderson had a sub 900 save percentage. So did Antti Ranta, uh, or so does, so does he right now so far this season. Kuchekov does as well, but sample size is smaller. So there is a chance for him to take over and maybe just keep that starting job. I know that Yaroslav Halak was signed, but that's a PTO. It doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to stick with the team. I think that's just sort of some insurance. So I think right now you have to play things out with Kachekov and see if he can be that league winner type of player. Already got a shutout over the weekend as well. So I think that's very actionable. You want to pounce on Kachekov. And this could be finally the opportunity he's been looking for. Now, if, if Freddie Anderson comes back in Kochekov is he, as good as he can be, I still think he'll get sent down. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's just because, you know, we've we've seen this story before where uh, the goaltender becomes fully healthy and Kochekov, as good as he was, gets sent down. But uh, being waiver exempt helps for that. But this is kind of, you see this as his chance here to show what he can do? I think so. And I think it's a situation where the Canes have sputtered a little bit. There's been some frustration from Rod Brindamore. We know the expectations are really high. So if Kachekov over the next month or two goes on an absolute heater and is, you know, throwing up a 930 save percentage, playing like one of the best goalies in the league, I think there's enough urgency now in Carolina that they might keep him. And then you might see a Freddie Anderson just kind of staying on LTIR, kind of like Matt Murray last year. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that play out. Similarly to when Joseph Wool played so well down the stretch for the Leafs, there wasn't really an urge to bring back Matt Murray anytime soon. So I think there is a chance, because he's got a long strip of runway, knowing that Anderson's out a while, that he could play well. If he could play well for a long period of time, he actually could finally take the job. All right. Medium League pickup of the week. It goes to Eric Gustafson, a guy that you can almost always count on at least doing something relevant fantasy-wise. Yeah, Eric Gustafson. I really enjoyed, uh, or, or I liked that signing by the New York Rangers. He was quite good last year in terms of driving the play, whether it was with Washington, even just in a brief sample with the Leafs. And he's available in 70% of leagues. But in this case, he is the direct replacement to Adam Fox, who is, of course, out long term. And we know Eric Gustafson has proven to be a good offensive defenseman, power play quarterback when he's given that role. He usually doesn't hold it down all season but when he's in the role he can produce and be very valuable for short stretches and right now it doesn't sound like adam fox is going to be back anytime soon gustafson has six points in his past four games and there's a lot of talent around him the rangers are playing really well so this could be like a 50 point season for eric gustafson because he's going to be in that role i think for a significant chunk of the season I could see it. I remember when he had that really breakout year of Chicago a few years ago, and mm. I remember looking. I'm like, did anyone notice this? But and then it's like you look at his points, and it's like he got a lot of points at like the end of games, and it was, you know, whatever, a lot of meaningless points, and the Blackhawks <laughs> weren't a good team. But it was like, no, this, you know, again, this guy's very valuable in fantasy hockey, so uh, I like it. Uh, the deep league pickup of the week is someone I just picked up, Connor Zary, and apparently he's very available. 
Yes, available in 98% of leagues, so not many people have caught on yet. I also picked up Connor Zary in my league, and we know he's got that first-round pedigree, of course. And what's really interesting about the Calgary Flames this season, it seems like not much if you look at the standings, but what's encouraging to me is they're actually committed, unlike Daryl Sutter last year, to giving their young players chances. And we're already seeing Connor Zary on the second line. We're already seeing him on the top power play unit playing the point. 10 shots in five games, two goals, four points in five games. So it's possible that we see Zary seize this role all season. And more importantly, if the Flames don't sort things out and start improving the standings, you could see them selling off pieces, which would mean Zary's role grows even more. It's not inconceivable that Zary ends up on the first line before the season's up. So in a deep league, this is a, a player with a lot of potential. Yep, I just picked him up. Uh, you know, the Calgary Flames are an interesting team where they just need goals from anywhere and they'll take it from anywhere. Uh, and uh, the way of Zary, I, I wrote about him last summer for my uh, my prospect rankings where he's a he's a good prospect, but it's like, when was he going to take that next step? And a lot of it was, okay, you know, look at the Flames, look at how they kind of treated their young guys. You never, like, it was hard to get ice time, but now he's unlocked and I like watching that. So I love watching young guys do well. It's fun. Uh, all mm -hmm. right. WTF pickup of the week, Pavel Bushnevich. Yeah. So he's available in 57% of leagues and he was dropped in my main league early in the season. I don't understand the lack of patience for a player that in his first two seasons with the blues had 143 points in 136 games. You'd think that that would earn the trust of a lot of these frustrated GMs, but he had one goal, four points in his first 10 games of the season and he got dropped, apparently, by a lot of people. That's someone you should immediately pick back up. And the very fact that he got a hat-trick in the 11th game of the season is proof, right? Good players, they all have slumps. Every good player might have a stretch of four points in 10 games, but if it happens in March, you're not really going to notice it in terms of his season stat line. Pavel Buknevich is going to be just fine. He's probably going to be a point-per-game player when healthy for the rest of the season. So he really shouldn't be on the wire in almost any league at the moment. Yeah, again, I think for the average fan, he's not a huge enough name where you might just completely not remember he exists, but he deserves your attention. All right, usually at this point, we'd be doing the uh, your, your your tip of the week, but I guess this time it's the multiple tips of the week. So yes. <laughs> are, you, are you ready to uh, do some uh, trade tips? I am. So as inspired by last week when we were talking with our guest, Nick, we figured we should just dive into some trade tips. I think it's a good juncture of the season at which you can start exploring trades because you're deep enough now that you kind of can understand what your squad's strengths and weaknesses are, maybe if you have certain holes in the lineup. And it's a time of year where every team is still in contention. So theoretically, every team in your league should still be engaged and active in, in trade talks, right? So let's dive in. Let's start doing some trade tips. We're going to start with tip number one. And that is, I think this is the most important tip of all. It's to know other teams as well or better even than your own team. Study their rosters and understand what they do and especially what they don't need. If you want to shut down a trade talk, if you offer somebody a top goaltender, they already have two. They don't need that, that asset, right? So you want to understand exactly where our team's holes are. And that's a great way to facilitate trading. If you're going to a team and immediately offering the player in position that they need the most or the stat they need the most, oh, I noticed you're in the Roto rankings, you're dead last in goals. Well, here's the top goal scorer in the league. You want to talk trade? Knowing their roster is absolutely crucial. So that is tip number one. Uh, number two, I like this one. Prey on emotion. And that just kind of a, 
a personal experience was I was playing against a guy who really, really liked Max Domi. And uh, I saw that he was not playing well. I offered him up for, for uh, Varlamov. And, you know, I, I needed an extra goalie just to have insurance. Varlamov's looking pretty good right now. Max Domi is not. And uh, I took advantage of this guy, knowing that he is such a huge Max Domi fan. And that's not, I think he actually is on the verge of like getting rid of him. Yes. Praying on motion, it's my favorite tactic. It's what I'm kind of I'm kind of known for in <laughs> fantasy, and it applies in so many different ways. So if there's a homer of a certain team, you can pray on that emotion by offering players from that team. One of my favorites is if you have a good memory for trivial things, which I do, if you remember a player that was on a winning team of someone a previous season, so let's say you have someone and you know, okay, this GM had this player last year and they won the championship. They're going to have positive memories of that player. They're going to mm -hmm. trust that player to break out of slump X or slump Y. You might be able to get them to overpay a little bit. The two main examples I use for preying on emotion is in identifying the best type of trade partners. One is a GM in head-to-head -head who just lost badly, just, just took a huge beat down. You lost... 11-1, you're reeling on Monday morning, looking at the standings, oh God, I need a shakeup. That's when you pounce and try and make an offer because they're going to be more likely to want to do something rash. They're angry at their team. The other one is, I do this a lot, a GM that just suffered a catastrophic injury. So for example, let's say you have Eric Gustafson. Hey, notice you lost, uh, you just lost Adam Fox. Well, I happened to pick up Gustafson last week and maybe we can talk trade because then you can handcuff Adam Fox. And, Pounce on the manager that's panicking over the injury. That's a big one. Yep, I like that one. All right, this one, be generous when you can afford it. I'm interested to see where you can take this. Yes, yeah, so you don't want to get a reputation as the stingy GM who is obsessed with winning bad, or winning, winning massively on every trade, and I think there's a way to sort of distort your reputation for the better. So if you have a major surplus at a position or in a stat and you have a league that has plenty of bench fodder, then don't be afraid to kick in that extra piece. Even if it means on paper you're kind of overpaying for a trade, well, this other guy's getting more value, this other GM is getting more value, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're improving what's in your starting lineup, and that is going to make that GM more likely to want to deal with you later, and it even could tilt the scales or maybe people think you lose the deal, and then people think you're someone that can be taken advantage of on a trade. I like that as well. Anything that invites future trading and improves your reputation in that sense is a good thing. Yep, I like I I can't even tell you how many very super generous offers I made this year that were turned down that have paid off poorly for the other team. Uh, the next one is don't gloat post trade. That's important. Yes, this one is pretty simple. If you win a deal, you just don't want to be on the board just bragging about how you fleeced the other GM or how well your new players are doing. It's just gonna leave a bad taste in that GM's mouth and make them not want to deal with you. Simple as that. Yep, <laughs> that's basic. Uh, advertising is okay as a last resort. Yeah, so advertising is, it can really backfire on you. It's something I do pretty often, but often it blows up in my face. So if you have not exhausted every avenue to trade a certain player and you go immediately to your message board and advertise, what happens to me at least is the wolves, the piranhas, just tear that player apart and you have a message board of just like 10 people crapping on that player seeing how bad they are and it's actually really it other everyone reads it and you're like oh my god everyone's posting horrible stuff about my player they're just slamming this player they're posting all these stats screenshots of their game log you know they'll do anything right to just dump on that player so you want to make sure you you've exhausted all avenues first 
But if you have, and you really know, let's say you have an injury, you're going to have to drop someone, you really need to make a trade. You've gone through every other GM, you can't seem to find a deal, then you have nothing to lose. You may as well advertise because once in a while you do that and then someone who you didn't think was a trade partner might come forward and say, oh, actually, I'm interested in this player. So sometimes it can help you. Uh, have you ever gone on the uh, the comments of a player on the Yahoo app? Yes. Like, oh, I love it. Like, Brandon Smith, uh, Stink Sandwich, Retirement is Calling You, You Suck, uh, Ryan Reeves, So No Hits, Hmm, What Is Your Reason for Existing? Uh, and then, What Would You Say You Do Here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Freddie Gujo, trade for Wayne Gretzky. Uh, <laughs> Phil Kessel, I'd rather the Amazon driver who just left my house play instead of this guy. <laughs> so good. Honestly, yeah. some of them are really creative and some of them are just totally like, what the heck? Uh, and I guess the last one we have here is don't walk away from a deal because of pride. Yes, this to me is the most emotionally complex of the tips. So one thing I see pretty often, again, because I'm the most active trader in like maybe in the history of fantasy sports, it's an addiction almost. Like I made two trades this morning in fantasy football alone just before we started recording the podcast. And I think um, why what's important about this tip is you see people walk away from trades because they're feeling emotional and they're frustrated with the other GM. Oh, you took too long. Oh, I don't like this offer. That's fine. But you're only hurting yourself if you do that because you might be missing out on a deal that if you just stayed a little more patient, maybe you waited one extra day, you were frustrated, you pulled an offer down because someone took too long. Maybe that person had a busy day at work and if you just waited that extra day, they were going to accept the deal. You're just hurting yourself. You might be thinking you're winning the battle of pride, battle of wits, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's just about getting better players and making your team better. So take the emotion out of it. Don't walk away just on account of pride. Okay, I like it. I, I had to look there at the Huberto. I want to see what the comments were like for that. And multiple people said they dropped Huberto to pick up Patrick Kane. So, you know, it's bad when you're getting dropped for a guy who is not under an NHL contract soon or right now, but that could change soon. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's it for the tips. I guess you want to get ready for our guest here. Yes, next up we have an excellent guest from The Athletics. Shayna Goldman is coming right up. Okay, we are very pleased to bring back one of our favorite guests from The Athletics staff writer, Shayna Goldman. Great writer, fantasy hockey expert as well. Great fantasy hockey player. Shayna, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So earlier in this episode, we were doling out a lot of trade advice. I was giving a lot of the advice, but as my own league mates would tell me, I'm not to be trusted. I'm a <laughs> villain in my league. So I think we do need some advice from another party. So I'm curious, do you have a number one trading tip that you'd want to give to any fantasy hockey player? It would just be not to be too enamored with trends, right? Don't be too worried about a cold streak. Don't be too worried about a hot streak. Like you need to find that middle ground and try to project out. You know, a personal experience this year was Dawson Mercer. I was legitimately concerned about his start and I was offered a trade for, you know, for him, for someone that needed someone that could, you know, slot on the wing and he has the right wing eligibility. So I went for it because I had Jack Campbell as my second goaltender and knew that wasn't a cold streak. That was just poor drafting on my part. I did not prioritize second goaltender and I wanted Billy Huso instead. And, you know, I looked at Mercer below the surface to see what's he doing that's different from this to last year. And you see the changes in the shot creation, the scoring chance generation, like everything individually is down. And now his, you know, role in the lineup reflects that as well so you could see it wasn't just a cold streak to start the season but kind of a start of a concerning trend that i was okay letting go of him mm. so 
obviously Dawson Mercer is not somebody you want to pick up right now, but who is a forward that you would be targeting in a trade right now? So sticking with the Devils, actually, I would be all in on someone like Tyler Toffoli. I think that his production kind of slipped without Jack Hughes, but we know that Hughes is returning and the two of them have just been crushing it together. And if you go a little below the surface there, you look at their power play and with and without Hughes, they've always been outscoring their problems, right? And a lot of teams can sustain that or maybe not at the level that the Devils did start the year, but at a pretty high clip. And you see how their expected goal generation since the Hughes injury has been bottom of the league. So, you know, obviously you don't want a team's power play to hinge on one player, but when it's someone like Hughes who has this like elite puck moving ability and elite shot making ability now, you want to, you know, benefit off those minutes. And I think someone like Tyler Toffoli is going to see his production really kick up a notch when he's back. I think it's a really good point too, because I think you could argue a lot of devils are by lows, especially considering that the, from what we know, the Hughes timeline doesn't sound like it's too serious. So it shouldn't be, you know, months away. It's probably weeks at worst until he's back. I traded Tyler to Foley earlier this season <laughs> only because in a keeper league. So I was going all in for Rupe hints. So I, That's I just, fair. yeah, I threw whatever I could to get, cause I'm rebuilding. So uh, although rebuilding terribly, my team's doing well by accident, but I digress. <laughs> Uh, Shane, I'm curious, same question, but who is a defenseman that you'd be targeting in a trade right now? I like someone like Sean Dersey. I think he's been like really quietly effective in Arizona. I also would say teams that we have concerns about, like I've been asked a lot about Evan Bouchard. I think his production has been pretty okay still, you know, for, for a top defenseman from a fantasy context, when you take out what we're actually seeing on the ice, but I feel like that's someone that is bound to, you know, like regress in a good way because you see the Oilers, are doing everything right below the surface offensively without the results to show for it. And I expect that to change soon. Um, I don't know if I'm really reinventing the wheel saying Evan Bouchard, because we all expect him to be good and he's on that top power play unit. But even someone like Eric Gustafson in the time being, if you're looking for an Adam Fox replacement stands out to me or a Noah Dobson, despite everything going on with the Islanders, I think it's been pretty effective too. Noah Dobson is currently killing me in fantasy hockey, so I'm not a fan of that. I would love Adam <laughs> Fox to please come back. That would be great. Uh, same with Jack Hughes. Uh, all right, so talk forward, defense. What about a goalie? Goalies are the trickiest ones, right? Because uh, what do we know about goaltending? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And what do we know about it from a fantasy context? It could be Nothing. two totally different things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're prioritizing a goaltender. Thatcher Demko would be the best goalie to have right now, right? 
it's a super hot start. I think we all expect it to kind of die down a little bit, but he is absolutely positively crushing it. We know this is something he's capable of, but someone like Aiden Hill stands out to me. He was someone from a fantasy context I jumped at. Uh, it was really between him and Philip Gustafson, and I was very lucky to go with Hill because you look at the quality of the team that he's on. He's on a team that you're going to expect to collect a lot of wins. He has. He's someone you're going to expect to give you quality goaltending. He has. Uh, the one downfall is that he's a 1A versus a true bona fide starter, but that just tells you to prioritize your second goaltender a little bit more. Yeah, great point, especially just for those rate stats. He's been fantastic, um, even if the volume isn't isn't top-notch. Um, so sticking with the Canucks, obviously Thatcher Demko has been unbelievable. Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes is having just a mammoth season. I think he'd be the runaway Norris Trophy winner right now, maybe even a Hart Trophy candidate. I don't think would yep. be a stretch at the moment. And if you look at what he's done, uh, you know, for all the credit that Kale McCarr gets for being historically good, Quinn Hughes was the fastest defenseman ever to 200 assists. And he was the first defenseman in 29 years to have 60 assists two seasons in a row. So he's a really special offensive player. Now we're seeing the shot output go through the roof almost doubling his career best in, in shots per game. So I'm curious, Shayna, are we seeing Quinn Hughes take over as the number one fantasy defenseman, or do you expect Kale McCarr to have something to say about that before the season's over? I expect Kale McCarr to have something to say about that, but I think we're going to have a good conversation all year. I think that we're seeing the Canucks, you know, have a lot of shooting luck and a lot of great goaltending right now, and that is pumping up their numbers. But I also think Quinn Hughes at the same time is elite, absolutely positively elite. He's everything we thought he could be and more. And I think a big difference for it is the quality of teammates he has. You look at his partners over the year, and it's guys like Luke Shen and Tucker Pullman he's playing with. He had Travis Hamanick at some points in, you know, the early years. Philip Ronick is a true top four defenseman. You know, I think he's someone that was a little bit overrated when the Red Wings traded him last year, and they knew to sell high on him. But you see how he's elevated his game to match with Quinn Hughes. So now they can actually go up against top competition. They can actually be leaned on in every situation. I think what we're seeing right now is a version of the real Quinn Hughes. It's just a little bit gaudier than I'd expect, but it, I don't even want that to come off as a knock to him. Like I think him and Kale McCarr down the stretch, we're going to be having this conversation all year. Like he definitely, definitely, definitely is the real deal. Love it. So is hockey the only fantasy sport you play or do you play any others? And what do you like about them? I actually only play fantasy hockey. Um, I helped draft a football team last year. It was not mine, and I <laughs> relinquished it after the draft because I definitely didn't have the time for that. Uh, I mean, like, I bet on tennis. That's definitely something I'm very into, but no, I don't play any other fantasy sports. I think maybe it's it's not the worst idea because fantasy football is just for masochists. It's so backwards. <laughs> There's a guy in my league who started seven and zero, and he was like 14th out of 16 teams in points now his team's playing better and he's scoring way more points and he's lost three weeks in a row it's just so backwards we have teams that go seller they trade their best players they start winning you have teams that go buyer you acquire stars you start losing it's just it's so backwards it drives me crazy at least fantasy hockey is is just in comparison so i respect the choosing of that path uh shana this is being fantastic as always before we let you go is there anything you want to plug on the athletic right now um yeah uh i wrote about power plays today uh you know like a little vibe check around the league so we'll see some of the best the worst those who should probably just decline the power play altogether you know things like that <laughs> um and i have a bunch of stories in the works there you know concernometers meters we're going to be looking at the hypometer we're going to bring out for the first time just to kind of get an early vibe check it's so hard in the beginning of the season to say anything so definitively when we have such a small sample, 
but it's nice to, you know, start looking at trends. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Shana. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thanks for having me. Excellent stuff from Shana and Steven. Now it's time for our prospect report. And I know even last week you were talking about this player, not sure whether he was going to stay up with the team. It's sort of been an unpredictable situation in terms of how his team is handling him. But I still want to hear your thoughts. Matt Savoy of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, with Savoy, I was almost a little surprised. He ended up getting a call up for Buffalo, and I feel like they kind of wasted his debut by his first game. He played like four minutes and was kind of just not really doing a whole lot. So I feel like kind of a fake debut. Um, I hope when he makes the team full-time, it'll be a bit different. But uh, Savoy is one of the most talented prospects in the game right now. I think I had him like 23rd or 24th ranked out of all my top 75. Part of it is I was just questioning how he'd be able to adjust to the physical game being so small. But uh, watching him play, and I went back and saw a couple of his games he played at Rochester. He already looks ready for pro. He looked so good. Of course, the the NHL-CHL agreement means he can't stick around in Rochester. But we do know that there it has been reported that the Sabres did look into that option about having him get a waiver to play in the AHL this year, which would have been great for his development. Instead, he's going to go back to the wild in the WHL. He's going to put up stupid number of points. We might see like a Brant Clark style explosion um, for the rest of the season or a Jordan Dumaya in Columbus right now. He's he could win the Q, uh, QMJHL scoring lead and he missed about a month in the season. Like that's just how good of a player he is. But with Savoy, we do expect that Zach Benson will join him back in the WHL at some point. We do expect that Savoy is going to be on the top line for Team Canada, especially right now. We're looking at potentially no Shane Wright uh, being there, no Poitras. Uh, Connor Bedard, I'm thinking that's probably a good guess. He's probably not going to show up to the World Juniors. <laughs> um, but with Savoy, I just it's just such an incredible playmaker uh always his get the heads up uh moves there uh very quick very high-end skater um both in the fact that he's he's got the high-end speed but then he's also just like start stop quick uh he can glide really well it's hard to explain really easily what makes the skating so good because there's so many facets of it that is so exciting so i'm maybe not so concerned right now about his ability to translate to the to the nhl and uh and deal with the physicality he does play a bit feisty too he's not a afraid to throw hits easy enough for me to say but uh, i'd be looking at savoy making this team next year for the buffalo sabers and i do expect him to be a long-term option on the top six now one question i don't know if anyone's really asking at this point uh buffalo's got a lot of good young forwards they're all going to need to be paid at some point are we going to see one of them moved is it going to be a yuri kulik is it going to be a savoy will it be a benson that's going to be a tough one to see. Jack Quinn, maybe. We'll see. But uh, I think that Buffalo is a team that's going to be flying high for a while. They've got so many good offensive pieces. And if Savoy and Benton could keep playing together at some point, uh, that's going to be really exciting. So, you know, Savoy might be the number two center there in Buffalo. And that's going to be one heck of a number two center. So uh, I'd be looking at him as a long-term option. And if you're thinking of like keeper league fantasy value, is there a, is there a player comparison in terms of just his particular skill set of being sort of a smaller shifty player, but with great playmaking skills? Put me in the spot. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's, I was like, I'm going to put Steven on the spot. I'm trying to picture like, is it like, is he a Johnny Gaudreau? But if Johnny Gaudreau played center, would that be a good comparison? A, a, bit, a slightly quicker skater, I'd say. Um, Maybe yeah, a Braden Point. Uh, yeah, big point. Yeah, see, Brain Point is the one that was the kind of the um, the comparison for Savoy, but I hated that one because Point is like every year you look at like draft comparables and Points like compared like eight guys in the draft each year. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, Point's probably a good one. Uh, someone that I believed in 
uh, very uh, early on in his career back in junior. I thought Point had the, the ability to be a star player in the NHL and Savoy 100%. This is someone that fell to, I believe it was number nine in 2022. Yeah, it was. And he was like projected number three for most of that year. So uh, he's going to be a star. No question about it. Alrighty, well, I'm excited to see what he does once he sticks for good. Uh, Steven, it's time now for our best bet of the week. And I'm going to do something a little weird. Uh, and I know, especially right now, because Connor Bedard is on fire. Mm-hmm. It just feels like his grip on the Calder Trophy has gotten stronger, not weaker in recent times. That said, I'm just looking at the odds over at Botano. And one of the, the plus bets really jumps out to me in terms of the Calder Trophy futures. And that's Leo Carlson at plus 2,900. Those are pretty tremendous odds considering, yes, Connor Bedard's on fire, but Leo Carlson scored six goals in his first nine games. He's really sort of announcing his presence as well as a very legitimate prospect. It's not inconceivable that he gets hot. And if he keeps this up, I'm not saying he's going to score six goals every nine games, but this could be a 30-goal score. It could be a 60-point score in his rookie season. It seems like the better he plays, the more this load management thing is going to go by the wayside. So just if you're looking for a long-shot bet, the value is just so good. I still, of course, think Connor Bedard is going to win the Calder, but... It's not really a fun bet when he's minus money to win the Calder, right? But plus 2,900 for a rookie who scored first six goals in his first nine games. To me, that's interesting. That's a bet that I would consider making as a long shot. I gave this advice to someone else a couple of days ago um, before you, you sent this over. I'm like, yeah, no, I the way he's playing, it's just every game he's been so effective. I would love to make him make it sure that he's like never going to not be in the lineup anymore. I want him in the lineup every single night. But Leo Carlson is just a blast to watch that hat trick. It just, that was probably the best, like obviously three goals in the NHL, you'd expect it to be his best, but I've seen him dominate junior games. I've seen him dominate against men that did not come close to what we saw that night. So he's the real deal. Alrighty. Let's move on to some questions now, Stephen. What do we have? All right. The first question comes from Dr. Matthew Popkin. Uh, do I keep or drop Zegris, which is interesting uh, timing now because uh, since uh, this question came in, we do know he is on injured reserve. Yes, yes, that's right. The question came in before the Ducks moved him to IR, but it, it doesn't really change my answer. So keeping Zegris, it, it does depend, of course, on your league size. Obviously, he's not been shallow league material so far this year. He really hasn't been any league material. He's been that bad so far. Uh, in the underlying metrics, it's not really a case of, oh, under the hood, he's about to bust out. He's going to be fine. It, some of his play driving metrics are actually down from last year. But to me, the injury going on IR, this nagging lower body injury, whatever it is, is actually good news because it's an excuse. It tells us that he was not himself. Something was not right. And to me, that means we can speculate that when he comes back, he's going to be much more like himself. So to me, that makes him a tremendous buy low. I still believe in the talent. And you're never going to get him cheaper than you can get him right now. A, having a terrible start to the season. B, on IR, you could probably get him for, I don't know, what, 60 cents on the dollar? I'm going to try and get him in my league for that very reason. Okay, I like that one. Uh, next one here from Stuart Griffin. Did Brincat start it off hot, but he's slowing down? Are you concerned? Now, for context, he had four points in his first two games. He had three three or more point games in his first six. So now you look at it, and he had a goal uh, in his last game on the weekend. He had an assist three games before that, and then he had a four-game pointless streak. So he's been struggling a little bit. Yes, and I'm not worried uh, one bit. So just he's a goal scorer, and goal scorers are 
typically pretty streaky. He had, I think it was nine goals in his first seven games. He scored on 39% of his shots in those seven games. There was going to be huge regression coming. And now he's probably due, due for some positive regression to go back to normal. So it's just going to be that way. It's just, if you look at guys like Patrick Liney, whoever it is, just pure goal scorer types, you got to ride the wave. Even Austin Matthews gets six goals in his first two games, goes a little colder, gets hot again. It just goes back and forth. It's just the way it goes when that's your, your trade in the NHL goal score. All right. And last one, a last minute addition to this comes from Mark Eplett. Have you had a chance to get eyes on Lafreniere? Any idea if this is a hot streak or if he's looking good and looking sustainable? Just watching him play. This is the guy that I think we were all kind of just waiting for. Yes. And Lafreniere is someone that I picked uh, as one of my breakout candidates for this season. I think people forget he's still not that old. He's still the same draft class as Tim Stutzler. Quinton Byfield is just still getting his feet wet. Same draft class, right? So it's not like he's 25 years old. And I think just with the the nature of the the Rangers roster breakdown, the fact that, yes, they brought in Blake Wheeler, but he seems to be really on his last legs. They didn't replace Patrick Kane, Tarasenko. So there's opportunities on the wings in that top nine, especially to move up in the lineup. And a lot of Lafreniere's underlying metrics were good, suggesting that he was improving going into the season. Uh, and I think he's someone that can bring a little bit of physicality as well, a little bit of hitting bonus if, if you're looking at him through a fantasy hockey lens. So I'm not saying he's going to you know score 50 goals or anything like that, but I was hoping we would see him kind of do what Philip Heedle did last year and become a 20-plus goal scorer, reliable scorer. So I'm hoping that we get like a 25-goal, 55-point season from Lafreniere, and I think that's entirely possible. It's what I predicted, and so far I think it's it's going that way. He's on pace for 40 goals, so... It, it's it's possible he gets that at least, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still a believer. Well, we saw him in junior. He had a tough kind of introduction to the NHL. He missed uh, what was like eight months between games, and you know a lot of players were in the same situation. But having to play your first NHL game without getting any exhibition games, no rookie tournament games, nothing like that, that's difficult. No matter the top, the player you are, so. I'm not worried. Um, I, I still, again, he's 22 years old. Like he's still quite young. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what he could do. Absolutely. Okay, Stephen, we're going to finish it off with the starting lineup. And I think this is the first time ever that we're going to do a part two of a starting lineup because I did my top video games of all time last week. And you mentioned that you would like a crack at it as well. So we're doing best video games of all time. The counterattack, Stephen's version of the starting lineup. All right, so number six, Call of Duty Warzone. Nothing will kind of make... I don't know if I'll ever be able to replicate the experience of the start of, of the COVID lockdowns and everyone's at home. Everyone, like a lot of people weren't working. A lot of there's just so much extra free time. And within days of everyone getting locked down, Call of Duty releases. It's free, like everyone can play game and it was some of the most fun I've ever had. You see NHL players were streaming it. Uh, other pro athletes were streaming it. It was just so fun. Everyone was into it. The game was extremely popular uh, and I got to play with a, a lot of my good friends. So I, uh, I miss the OG call of duty Warzone days and uh, it's way better than the regular call of duty games where it's just the kill every kill the other team as many times as possible hit a score. No, this one is about survival. And I always thought that was fun. I'm not a huge battle Royale fan, but that was the one that got me interested uh i gotta keep put one nhl game in here so nhl 04 uh the game i still play from time to time i, I help mod uh the whf mod because of course i did that is uh, a lot of fun and i guess a shout out to nhl 09 where a friend of mine uh, i mentioned on the show before mariana we used to uh in this one photography class it was such a bogus class where the teacher never paid attention and we used some of the mod files from nhl 04 
put on an NHL nine and played an entire division three world championship on it. Like I was like South Korea playing against like South Africa and things like that. And South Korea, we won easily. And you'd hope so because they ended up going playing the Olympics. But uh, that was actually really funny because even though that was about, I don't know, five, six years before the Korean team made the Olympics, a lot of the roster was still the same. So when the, the Olympic team came out, I'm like, I recognize all your names. That's awesome. So uh, shout out to NHL 04 and 09. Um, but I'm talking just the PC versions of those. I didn't care for the console ones. Uh, next one, Need for Speed Most Wanted 2005 edition. Uh, if you've played that game, unbelievable story for a street racing game, which is like pretty much impossible to do. Need for Speed games are kind of more about the driving than the story. But that one was truly, you know, you, you had the super cool car. You lost it in a street race and you have to fight your way back and beat all the best drivers to go and get your car back and i thought the story was great the police were a lot of fun to deal with Mm -hmm. uh and i heard there's a rumor that they are uh remastering the game for ps5 i hope so next one uh considering i've talked about this game a few times in a row i'm surprised maybe it's number three but spider-man 2 uh the story mode is just great i still finding great uh story elements of the game um we do expect there is going to be a dlc to make it even better but in terms of just the the quality of the the story is unbelievable. The swinging is a lot more fun than in other Spider-Man games. The combat sequences can get a little bo- uh, boring, uh, to be honest, especially when you're on like wave three of fighting the same loser henchman. But uh, <laughs> it's good, and there's a lot of you know also kind of throwbacks and little small nods to things that you wouldn't have expected. Like one of the first bad guys you face, like just a regular henchman is wearing a white shirt and green pants. Now, if you played the Spider-Man game for the PS one and the PC back in 2000, that was the generic look for all those guys. So that was a cool, just like little nod. Um, But uh, that's, that's minor. Number two, RuneScape, both RuneScape three and old school RuneScape. That was the game that got me into playing online games and, and playing with friends and doing things like that. But it also got me interested in learning about, like game creation and how things like that happen and it's still it's still being played to this day i still log in from every every little bit just to see what's going on and my brother plays and a lot of friends are into it so uh if you've ever played runescape you know kind of the effect it has and why it is still a popular game five million years after it came out and number one iRacing uh kind of put a racing game number one but that's the one i do all my 24-hour races 12-hour races we got a 24-hour race coming up in january we're already practicing for uh i race in a league that's got professional drivers from nascar and indycar guys like dylan hart jr kyle bush uh, mario andretti guys like that have raced against me and it that's a lot of fun so uh you know, to me, that's the closest we've ever got to a perfect racing game. Uh, it's great competitive online play. It's pretty much only online play outside of racing against AI, which is kind of boring. But uh, yeah, those are those are my six. It kind of goes, uh, you know, a couple sports. Uh, Guitar Hero 3 also got an honorable mention. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's that. Excellent. I really like the list. And it's sort of uh, not a list that I would have been able to, to to figure out on my own. I knew Spider-Man 2 would be on there, but I wasn't sure about, about the other games. NHL 04, like I said last week, almost on my list. Played so much of it in university, just season after season. And my favorite thing about it was playing with your friends. And then you sort of immortalize like really bad players and they become like household <laughs> names. Like Jean-Luc Grandpierre was like when we won the Norris with him. And uh, the goaltender, Sebastian Charpentier, I think he was like yeah. a 60 overall. We, yep. He had a 55-point season. He had 55 assists in 58 <laughs> games. He was almost a point-per-game player for us. And the fact that I remembered that years later 
pretty ridiculous. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Like I, I posted a video uh, of Mark Diddy getting a hat trick. <laughs> we figured how easy it was to score for goalies sometimes. Uh, I had uh, Mike Commissarek. I made him into like the greatest player of all time. And th- that was actually the game that really got me into two things, which is um, uh, European hockey and uh, also uh, prospects, because that was when I realized there was like, oh, who are these 65 overall guys in the NHL teams? Oh, these guys must be the young guys. And that's when I started learning about players like that, and and that became really cool. Interesting. So we end the show this week with a little bit of a Stephen Ellis origin story. I think that's a perfect (laughs) way to end it this week. Uh, Everyone, hope you enjoyed the episode. Watching and listening, we'll be back, continuing the grind of the season next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.